This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Open to Alchemy podcast. I am so excited to have Sarah Ray here. She is the founder of Spiritually Inspired. She is a podcaster, an author, a healer, and an overall amazing human. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here to talk about all things business and spirituality. (laughs) I think something actually that's been coming up for a lot of creators is where do the materials reside? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. How do I create things that I own? You know, there's so much emphasis on social media. And then you talk to a lot of people and you're like, well, what if when Instagram and Facebook had their little blackout the other day, I think people really had not considered that a possibility. I know since you are a creator, that you probably, you know, have other sources. And then I always tell people, what are you doing for email? And what are you doing to have an ongoing dialogue with people? And it's something that I think a lot of budding entrepreneurs have not really considered because there's so much emphasis on like the glamour of social. Absolutely. And I'm not a social media person. Like I went basically all through high school and most of college, like just not even interested. Like I had a Facebook, but I didn't care about Facebook. And I only started my Instagram because I knew I wanted to be a a business owner online and I'm not very good at social media. It doesn't come naturally to me. It's I'm a lot better now than I used to be now that it's been seven years, but it's something that I just, it doesn't come easy. And I I follow so many talented people on Instagram that it hurts my heart to know that they're being so heavily affected by things like the blackout that you mentioned, or just algorithm changes, or just people just going on Instagram to find you. Like they, that's their only way to reach their people. And they have no other way of reaching their people. Like they, don't, they don't have websites. They're, they're sending people PayPal links through Instagram direct message. Like first off, in my opinion, if I were a customer, that would be a little sketchy to me. Yeah. But I would be like, as a, as a coach to you, I'm like, come on, can you please just, you need at least a website. You need at least a website because you don't own your Instagram profile. Like, like I said, I don't own my YouTube channel. YouTube can decide to shut me down at any time. Knock on wood. (laughs) Hopefully that doesn't happen, but yeah, you need to own your content. Yeah. I totally agree. And you know, one of the things that I didn't realize that you could get is from Instagram, because I don't know how you create, but sometimes I will do the really smart, productive, effective thing and type into a Google doc and be all nice and organized Mm -hmm. and I'll plan and I'll have it all structured. But oftentimes I I'm really inspired. I like to channel, right? I sort of put myself just in the place of inspiration, which means that I will type my content directly into Instagram. Mm -hmm. So what happens for everyone listening who does this as well is that (laughs) then 
you have to then, if you want to keep that content and not have it be down or not have it be lost or deleted or what have you, is that what I was doing for a while was every few months was doing like a copy and paste of all my captions. But then I found out that you can actually request from Instagram all of your stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. I will put a link in the show notes for how to do that because I did that a few weeks ago. So anyway, you can request that file. I think it takes like a day usually to get it. And then at least you have that. But of course it is ideal to be able to create it in a different application. Number one, that helps with the content creation, I think. Number Mm -hmm. two, it catches misspellings or grammar or punctuation if that's something (laughs) that that you're prone to. And again, I feel like for my brand and and so many brands, it's not about perfection. There are mistakes, there are errors, but it does bother me when I see it on my own. And then I've heard that if you go in and edit it, you change the flow of where you're being seen. Um, So better not to edit, I guess, after something's been posted. So Hmm. I don't know. I try not to worry too much about that sort of thing because for me, Instagram is like the bottom of the funnel. Like Mm. Instagram is micro content, like everything. So, okay, here's my content creation process since we're kind of talking about- Yes, please. Okay, I love them. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I love this sort of thing. So I- I'm an author first. So the first thing that I do, aside from all my keyword research, like I do keyword research first to make, to validate my ideas and to know what keywords I need to put into my content. So I, I write my content. Usually it's around, I don't know, a thousand is minimum is a thousand words. It can go anywhere up to 5,000. If I start getting that far, then I'll break it up or I turn into a book or something. So I, I write my content out and then I turn that into a podcast episode and a YouTube video that is recorded simultaneously. So I'm talking into my microphone as I'm talking to the camera so that they're being created at the same time. And they're also being edited at the same time. Then I just basically for my Instagram and I can copy and paste to Facebook too, just because that's easy for me to do, but I don't really, I don't really engage on Facebook much. I definitely care a lot more about Instagram, but then I take my snippets from my blog posts and make captions out of those on Instagram. I tried to do snippets of my YouTube videos as Instagram stories that didn't quite work out. I found that it was a lot faster to just kind of recap um, Mm. as a quick story and just record it on the same day. The goal is to create once and repurpose that content as many times as you can. And so my particular content, I also do astrology forecasts. So you mentioned saving things in a Word doc and then putting into Instagram. What I do is I have my certain astrological event that's happening. It's on my Google calendar. I have a special calendar that's just astrology events. And I type my caption into that. And then I'm able to not only save it, but just copy and paste. And I have all my hashtags there and it's formatted there. So I know that when I go to schedule it, okay, like on the third, we have the new moon and I have already have my caption ready. And that also makes it easier for me when I record, because then I can just kind of go through my notes and just record all at once. So I write everything out first and then I record, and then I kind of repurpose as I can onto Instagram, but also just, I try not to beat myself up about it. I don't want to spend too much time on Instagram because I don't think that's where the money is. I don't, other than meeting wonderful people like you, I don't see a lot of return on investment on Instagram. Like my engagement is super low. I, other than just fun, genuine connections, which is a huge part of Instagram. I, I, it doesn't translate to traffic, which is the ultimate goal. You cannot be a successful online person if you don't have traffic. So I just try to make it really easy on myself. Um, and I 
like to have things saved other places, but I don't like relying on one situation. So yeah, I try to just repurpose. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think that that was incredibly helpful. I love hearing everybody's unique creation process. And I think the way that you go about it for me is definitely my my goal. Like I said, it doesn't always happen, (laughs) but I feel like that is such beautiful inspiration for me. And, And sometimes it does happen in the sense that you know, I've just been working on this new push and this new niche and, and I'm so excited about it. And in some ways it feels easier than ever before, because I do feel this incredible sense of alignment, but I also feel like it's easier because I have documented and written everything in one place. And so exactly right. When I then go to write an email, I'm not writing from scratch. I'm pulling from all the different sources and, and, and content that I've already spent quality time on. I'm not, you know, a type of person that just like, and spits it out there. Like I am thinking about it. I am wanting to be intentional. I'm, I love writing and that's really my foundation too. And so when it's all together, you realize, wow, I've already spent two hours on all these different emails. Why would I then spend another hour on trying to create captions and posts when it's all already there. Absolutely. And to go off of that, your content that you just spent two hours on is great. So it would be a huge disservice, not only your time and your talent, but also to everyone else to only have that in one spot. Like if my, if my blog post is fantastic, why wouldn't I just break it up into Instagram posts? I'm not hiding behind a a paywall. You don't have to pay for this content. And I've even, even my paid books, I will copy and paste passages out of them. And then I'll be like, oh, this is a piece from my book. And it's, I don't see the value in creating content for one specific situation. I don't just create a a Instagram caption. That's also going to be in my email, or that's going to be uh, something that I use for a reel that is going also on Pinterest. And that's also going to be posted on Instagram. That's also going on Facebook. I don't see the value in only having it in one spot. Not only does that seem like a waste of time for me, but it's, it's a disservice to your content that you work so hard for and your message, because, because you are a solepreneur, your message is really important and you have to get it to as many people as possible. You need to give it the opportunity. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And also, I think so many of us feel like we are, we don't want to be salesy. I'm sure you hear this sure. all the time. I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be pushy. I've already said this engagement. I'm sorry, people that are listening, I love you. And I think your stuff is amazing, but engagement (laughs) is so low Mm -hmm. and more and more people are are creating online accounts, platforms, opportunities, businesses, et cetera. And so nobody is seeing your stuff in the same way that you are. And I've heard the statistic that people need to see something seven times Mm-hmm. in order for it to register, in order for it to land with them, in order for them to recognize that they've seen it. So even though you might feel that you are just saying the same thing over and over again, taking that same message and making a little tweak here or there, if it makes you feel better, but not even necessary is really what I hear you saying. And putting it over and over and over and over again is the way people get traction online, correct? Absolutely. And people have their preferred way of consuming content, which is why I appear to be everywhere, which is why I have my blog posts and my podcast and my YouTube videos and my Instagram and my emails. It's, it's people want to 
consume their content in their preferred way. So my tagline is whether you prefer to read, watch, or listen, I got you because I have the blog posts and I use the blog posts. I've gotten a lot better. I used to do use it as an exact script, but now I just kind of am better at just talking more naturally. But then the exact same topic has a podcast episode, the exact same topic as a YouTube video. So however you prefer to read or watch or whatever is how you can find it. And people that are listening to my podcast aren't also listening to my YouTube videos. People that are reading my blog posts are not also following me on Instagram. Like these, they're, at least for me, maybe it's different for other people. There's not a lot of overlap. And when there is overlap, those are the super fans. Those are the people that are emailing me back and saying, this was great. Those are the people that are messaging me and saying, I loved this. So most people are not that way, but those people are gold. <laughs> those right, people are right. the reason why you do that. <laughs> but I mean, for the most part, you want to be available to everybody. If you set up a system where you have your preferred method and you create content off of that and you keep going, it's going to be so easy to be everywhere. Because a lot of people think that they need to create something for Instagram and then you create something for Facebook and then they create something for YouTube. And it's just, no, don't waste yeah. your time. You're going to, that's not sustainable. You're going to burn yourself out. And like, I refuse to make a piece of content that can't be anywhere else, which is why I mentioned this to you the other day, that this is why I struggle with Instagram stories because yeah, it only takes me, you know, two minutes to record a little 30 second thing, but I'm not using that anywhere else. So I'm like, is this even worth my time to do this? Like, yeah, 30 people saw it, but I mean, and I love those people. They're my regular followers, but nobody else is seeing that. So is that worth my time? So right. that's kind of up for you to assess. And you know, now that we all have access to link in the stories. So everyone yeah. listening, if you didn't know, yeah. this, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but hopefully everyone will now will have it. I didn't get it right away. It took me a few days to get it, but mm -hmm. I'm sure by the time this is out, everyone will have it that when you add a story and then you go to the different choices, linking is now in there. What if you just did a quote or a audiogram or a snippet of a file from the podcast or the YouTube or whatever. And then you could just do the link. So that at least feels like it's actionable. Right. Yeah. I've been thinking about that. My biggest problem is that I record my videos and my uh, podcast with my DSLR camera, my, my, not with my smartphone. So the format doesn't quite transfer over nicely unless I wanted to be like super close, <laughs> like it's super zoomed in, but the, I don't, I don't not, I know I don't want my pores to be that big on the screen, but they, yeah, I've tried that. Um, so it's, it's something that I'm struggling with. I think I might try to figure out a way to maybe I can record with my phone at the same time or something. Yeah. The whole goal is to be efficient because if you're not yeah. efficient, it's not sustainable. And you want to be working on your business, not in your business, right. which is something I always ask myself. I'm like, am I working in my business or am I working on my business right now? It's just me. So I don't, I don't have a VA yet or anything like that. So there are times where I have to work in my business where I have to schedule the posts. I have to do the editing. I have to do the formatting and I enjoy that sort of thing. So it doesn't feel like a grind, but there, if I do too much of that, then I'm not working on my business. I'm not creating the next product. I'm not writing the next book, I'm not working on the next, whatever it is that I'm working on. If I spend too much time creating content that can't be put everywhere. So for people listening, how would you describe the distinction between on your business and in your business? I mean, we're talking about both of our businesses have a content creation element. They have that social element, but for people that maybe have a different type of business structure is in your business, the things that can be 
systematized and sort of the busy work that's driving you down and on your business are the things that are really the products, the services that you're going to offer? You nailed it. I like to think of it. um, I'm working on my business when what I'm doing is income generating. If this has the potential to bring me dollars and affect my bottom line, I'm working in my business when it's something that could be outsourced. So you're the hourly employees, you know, at a retail store are working in the business, right? They're fixing the shelves. They're ringing customers up. They're doing things that the CEO is not doing. The CEO is working on strategy, new product acquisition, new client acquisition, that sort of thing. So income generating is really how I differentiate between the two tasks. So I think you you nailed it. You said it perfectly. I wanted to step back for a second and you had talked about that because you are an author first and that is your preferred method of of really like letting that inspiration flow through you. I'd love if you would share just one or two steps before that in where you get your topics from because I hear that a lot and I for me, content creation is something that I love and is super easy. It's just one of my little magic things. Um, But for other people, it is their nightmare scenario. It is the hardest thing for them to come up with. And so um, in a lot of my client sessions, we'll just spend time brainstorming 50 different content ideas, and then they can go to work from there. So how do you come up with the inspiration? That is a great question. That's definitely something that I've struggled with a lot for the first like five years. What's what sucks is that it's really hard to um, pull yourself out of the soul space and put yourself more in a in a business mindset. Like I have a lot of earth and fire in my natal chart. So it's really easy for me to do that. But a lot of people that are healers and and they work with one-on-one with people from a soul heart-centered way where they don't really mm-hmm. think of the, they don't really have that drive. Not to say that they're not driven, but they don't have that business mentality first. So first of all, you, you need to put yourself in the mind of a of a business owner. And it's not greedy. It's not bad to be in that sort of mindset, which is I know is something a lot of healers struggle with. Uh, so the first thing that I do is I check out my inspiration. I have a lot of people that I feel like I want my business to be similar to theirs. Our audiences crossover. I just, when I read their content, I'm really uplifted and inspired. The way that their business is set up is something that I want to emulate, never copy, of course, but something that I want to be like. So I check out what they're writing about. And there's a, various tools online that you can, you can check these sort of things or, um, you can see essentially spy on their analytics. It's never exact. Like you're not logging into their Google analytics to see, but you can essentially spy and see what's working really well for them as far as keywords go, because people aren't going to find you online if you don't have the right keywords that they're typing in to find you. It's similar to hashtags on Instagram. If you don't use the right hashtag, nobody's even going to discover you. So there's that overlap that you need to intersect. And you can do that by essentially emulating what's already working for somebody else. So that's the first thing that I do is I kind of check out to see what my inspiration is doing. And I really only do this like maybe once or twice a year because this generates so much content that I don't need to do more than that. So I see what's working for them. And then I go and I do my keyword research. Oh my God, I wish I could go back and tell myself seven years ago, like, girl, you need to learn how to do keyword research. Like having a fun, beautiful, creative title is doing nothing for you. It's doing that. Nobody, nobody's typing in, the ancient practice of being, what is that? Oh, it's yoga. Oh, nobody's doing that. People are going, what is yoga? What is astrology? How do I learn astrology? They are, this is what they're typing in and that's how you get discovered. 
So that is the most important thing that I do. I spend a lot of my content creation process is using, looking for keywords. And that is a whole, I mean, I took a course on that. That's a whole other topic. And that helps a lot. Do you teach people how to do that? No, but I, I, could, but I probably you should. could. I probably could. <laughs> I'm like, you know me, I'm always in my, I like love, love, love to help other people with their businesses, even if they don't, aren't asking for it. So <laughs> no, no, I probably could. Um, I have helped my husband who's also in the journey of content creation to discover what, how to find keywords. And um, that really is the most important thing is finding keywords. And even if I'm writing a book where it's not like Google is assessing what is inside my pages of my book to find it online, but they are assessing my title, my subtitle, my descriptions, all this stuff. So the keywords are so important. And you might think you know what the keyword is, but it's the way that it's phrased that people type in that's so important. Like for example, I'm in the middle of doing a, um, what I call a total tarot series where I go through each card individually of the tarot deck and I'm um, like right in the middle of it. I just did the devil today. I go online, I search for each individual card, what phrases are being typed in to, for people who are looking for that. And sometimes it's devil tarot. Sometimes it's, you know, devil meaning, devil tarot meaning, devil meaning tarot card. Like it's, it's the words being rearranged is so important. And a lot of people don't realize that. Like they think people are searching, what does the devil tarot card mean? When in reality, they're just searching devil tarot card. So that is such a small tweak that will make such a difference. And this is going back to why you cannot rely on Instagram or Facebook for your platform because Google isn't indexing Instagram. People aren't finding you on Instagram. They find you on Google and then they follow you on Instagram. So I could, get, I could be on that soapbox forever that you need a website. You cannot be an online person without having a website. Well, I want you to be on that soapbox. And I had a little bit of a brain um, storm slash little inspiration download. This morning, I was chatting with a friend of mine. She's been on my podcast. Her name is Vicki Abelson. She's an incredible mm-hmm. leadership, executive career coach. And she and yeah. I are sort of this just like step-by-step step. we're two sides of the coin and we just have really become over the past year and a half we joke that we're on each other's like board of directors because we're both you know solopreneurs in two different spaces but coming from the same heart spent centered space and so we are just always like bouncing ideas off each other and cheerleading and holding each other accountable and and this happened and I'm so upset or this happened and it's incredible. And so we both had a super transformational October. And so she was teasing and she's like, what happened? And so I said to her, I think what happened was we really have built up this relationship over time. We decided October one, we are tired of our stories and we are really going to step into this new thing. I was like, maybe I timeline jumped us a little bit to a place that we just believed in ourselves (laughs) in a different way. But all of a sudden I got this beautiful download that I'm so fortunate to have her and a few other solopreneurs who I really view as my board of directors. And we chat about different ideas and struggles and challenges. And we sort of send each other things to review. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder if this is a thing that other people are missing in there. So <laughs> me, raise my hand. Yeah, okay. I'm my own accountability buddy at this point. <laughs> right, and, that, and that yeah. is one of the challenges in 
in this journey is that we, we love doing the work. It's so meaningful. It's so impactful. We want to be of service. We want to connect with people and change the world. And it's, it's hard. It's a challenge. It's, there's a reason why people start and stop or, or afraid to start. It's overwhelming. It's full of doubt yeah. and blocks and confusion and all these things. And I was thinking I should create a small business social or a small yes. business, you know, once a month or membership or something. The ideas are so percolating right now, but I would like to do that. And you need to come and do a yes. training on keyword research and how critical that is, because I think so many of us create from source or we create from inspiration, Absolutely. or even we're doing the research and we're creating from our market research. We're creating mm -hmm. from our prospective clients and what we hear them looking for, which is incredible. And yes, if you're not doing that, please do that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> don't forget about the actual client that you're trying yes, to reach. You said it. But even in doing so, the, what I hear you saying is that tweaking a few keywords can make the difference in what we spend a lot of time doing and not really hitting the mark and being really successful. Absolutely. Because your ideal client wants to find you. They, and you want to find them, but we can't find each other if you're not doing the medium work because the client, I mean, unless you're a business coach like yourself, I, I, they're probably not, don't, don't understand how this works. But if you as the business offerer, the service provider are not doing the legwork to go most of the way and your client only needs to come a little bit, it, you're never going to find each other and you want to find each other. That's the, that's another reason why relying solely on Instagram is hurting so many beautiful and talented people that they, they, they cannot find each other. Like I, I try to go on to Instagram and like find an artist like, Oh, I'm in the market for a new whatever, but I cannot find anything anywhere because these people aren't using keywords. Or I try to go on to Etsy and because that is a search engine and people are using keywords on search engines to find what I'm looking for when I really would rather find someone that is more in alignment with what I'm looking for. So yeah, you, you really do need to do most of the legwork to be discovered and to meet each other. And it's, is not slimy. I know a lot of healers feel as though selling is slimy and it certainly can be. We call that bro marketing. We don't need to be bros. I don't really like that term because, but that's, if you may have heard that before mm. that, you know, it's like the, I got 7 million downloads in two days and you can too. Right. <laughs> I mean, whether like, or not no, that's, no. Next, that's off. yeah. <laughs> yes. Whether or not that's true is, is irrelevant. Um, but heart-centered human marketing, humane marketing is the way of the future. And people are so picky with who they purchase from and they want to purchase from you because you're in alignment. They just don't know you exist because you're not using the right keywords. So I'm super excited because we're going to do a training and we're yes. going to offer it to people and it's yeah. going to be amazing. And I totally can relate to what you're saying. I have felt in previous iterations of my business that I wasn't getting the client connections that I wanted. And you want that quick hit of, well, I did something. I took some action. I took mm -hmm. some step forward. And so you spend the time on the Instagram post or the Facebook post when that time can be so much better spent in working on a lead magnet to yes. offer to your prospective community on making a phone call and having that 
prospective client, Hey, you are somebody that is exactly in my target. Can we spend 20 minutes and I can just like throw out my ideas to you and hear what your problem is and hear what you're missing and what I can provide to you. Um, going to the networking business thing or reaching out to somebody on social and saying, I love what you're doing. Can we chat? Or even mm -hmm. just reaching out and saying like, you are an inspiration to me. That is, is putting you in alignment in a way that is taking so much more inspired action than spending the 30 minutes or an hour, oh my goodness, on an Instagram post that five people are going to like. So you feel like you're doing something, but that is just a, a false idea. There is so much to unpack under what you just said. So spending an hour or 30 minutes on an Instagram post just to feel like you did something, maybe in the beginning, and maybe sometimes it's important to have that, that quick win. But is that really a win? I want you to ask yourself, are those five likes of people who are not going to buy from you today? Is that really a win? And that circles back to working in your business versus working on your business. So this something is something I really had to come to terms with in the last year since my baby was born. And since I was pregnant, that I, my time is so limited because I work a full-time job. First off, I work eight to five Monday through Friday. And also my own personal spiritual practice is really important to me. So when I get up in the morning at 5am and the baby awakes, she gets her, her, milk. And then, um, I go and do my personal spiritual practice. I don't really work in the morning. I know that works for a lot of people, but not me. So I do my spiritual practice and then I go to work all day long. And then I come home and I want to spend time with her before she goes to sleep. And at night I only have like two and a half hours to do what I need to do every single night. And then I have one of the days on the weekends, which is maybe like seven ish hours to get everything done. And I have to really use my time wisely. I don't have time to spend an hour on an Instagram post. That's why I'd rather spend an hour and write two blog posts. And then I have three weeks worth of Instagram posts there if I just quick copy and paste in 20 minutes. Mm. So yeah, is it really a quick win to spend an hour on an Instagram post when you could, like you said, be spending that hour on a potential lead magnet or maybe a new email marketing sequence, a funnel of some kind, or maybe you could sit down in front of the camera and write whatever it is that you're writing in a live instead of recording it. So it, it really takes a lot of self-awareness to decide what is actually a win for you, what is working on your business and working in your business. And anything social media related is in your business. I don't care how many followers you have. If you are posting on Instagram, that is working in your business, not on your business. So when you think about your content calendar, is that you had just mentioned two blog posts equal a few weeks of content. I mean, how many different topics are you writing on each month? Oh, good question. I have four or five categories on my blog, but really what determines my topic is my keyword research and assessing what my inspiration content creators or business owners are doing. That determines what I'm going to do. I also use, do use that opportunity to let source speak to me. Like I knew that, so we just had Samhain two days ago, right? Mm -hmm. I, whenever this comes out, we just had Samhain and I knew that it was time to talk about Samhain. I didn't do any uh, competitive keyword research for that. I did do keyword research to determine how to phrase my, my sentences because that's really important. But I just knew that this was time to do that. And that's where the sole preneur comes in, where as far as 
certain times of year are calling for certain types of content as far as astrology goes. So this time of year is a lot more introspective content because um, we are in Scorpio season. So it's more personal growth centered, more um, self-evaluation and that sort of thing. But come spring, it's going to be more outward. Like what, like Aquarius season is going to be more like, what are you doing to help other people? How are you inspiring other people? So I do let source guide me in that sense to help me determine my topics each month. But for the most part, I plan my content like three months in advance, at least. Like I always know what's coming so I can prepare for it. So I hope that answers that question. Yeah, no, that's super inspirational. And again, I think it's just so great to hear because I think that everybody is somewhere on the woo plus work spectrum that I identify with. And so I think some people are very structured and very scheduled and that works for them and that's mm -hmm. great and then for them i would just offer that is there an opportunity to use a little bit of intuition and use a little bit of inspiration and maybe just check in even if you have it planned out maybe on a weekly basis just check in and make sure that that's still in alignment what you had planned is still in alignment with what you are feeling at the moment. And that Absolutely. way you give yourself the opportunity to change and flow and, and et cetera. Oh, yeah. And then there's people that are completely on the opposite end, which they are all inspiration, all source, all channel, all co-creation with, without the structure. And again, that's a beautiful place to be if that works for them. And for that group, I would encourage that, that, with the addition of some structure and some systems and some planning, I think that it allows the spontaneity and the intuition to flow without constantly having to be in a, I need to create mode because I haven't planned anything out. Yes. I envy those people in the right author world. We call them pantsers because you fly by the seat of your pants. Oh, <laughs> like I when love you're that. just, when you're just developing as you go, I am not that sort of person. I am a Libra. I like to have things planned out. I need to know where I'm going, but like, for example, for this upcoming next podcast episode, I originally planned two months ago that I wanted to do crystals for fertility and pregnancy because that felt like in alignment at the time. I was like, oh, that was perfect. Cause I was like, right with my newborn and all this stuff. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. And now I'm like, no, it doesn't quite work out, but I have permission to do that from myself. So there is a, a happy medium between yeah. allowing a source to guide you and planning out. So if you're Channels in particular, I feel like struggle a lot with this from just based on what I observe from other creators and other business owners that you can't keyword research channels, <laughs> but you are channeling a being. So that being is your keyword. Um, so someone that I really admire a lot, she does a lot of angel channels. So she will channel Archangel Metatron and that will be what she puts in her title. And that's what people are discovering her by is they either searching or they recognize that as opposed to channeled message of love. Like people aren't really searching that you might, that's not going to discover anybody, but they are able to use their intuitive ability to, and keyword research at the same time to get discovered. And because people need to hear that message. You're not just channeling that message just for the fun of it. You're channeling right. that message because those angels have something important to share and you need to make sure that you're doing your part so that people can hear it. Because that's the whole thing about manifesting, right? Is that you, yes, the universe is working on behalf of you and in mysterious ways, but if you're not doing your part, it's never going to happen. Oh, yeah. I love that example. 
Would you be willing to share some of yes. your keyword <laughs> um, resources? Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, SEMrush is the one that I use, the free version. I don't pay for any of these tools, but if you do, they're so much better. Um, so SEMrush is really good for competition slash inspiration analysis. I don't like the phrase competition because that implies that you're doing the exact same thing and there are no competitors. You are only you. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe in competition is a huge mindset for me. So SEMrush is great. And uh, I do most of my keyword research on just Google, Google just keywords. typing into the, yes. Uh-huh. So, um, cause with Google keywords, um, there are plenty of tutorials online where you can you know, like learn the mechanics of how the website works, but you can discover new keywords and you can type in as many keywords as you want, anything you can think of. And then you can export that either into a spreadsheet or to a Google sheet. And then it gives you scores of how valid that keyword is. For example, if I'm doing keyword research and I think that this is a great idea, I'm like, oh yes, I've never seen anyone do this. Like, okay, for example, um, like three years ago, I did a video about ways to be grounded in winter because that was something that I really struggled with because I live Mm. in the Midwest and there's a lot of snow and I can't go out walking around barefoot in the middle of winter. So I felt like this was something that was really important that I needed to hear. But then when I went to go do my keyword research, I was like, nobody's searching this. Nobody seems to be struggling with this. I made it anyway, because I felt like that was what I needed to be needed to create. And it's turned out all right. It's not my most viewed video by any means or my most viewed blog post at all, but I created it anyway. But Google analytics and keywords told me that nobody was searching that. So it really, at that point, you kind of need to be using your own discretion. Like, is this actually a good idea or am I just creating to create, or is this something that source is telling me that some that needs to be created? So SEMrush, Google, uh, Keyword Planner, what else do I use? Oh, Ahrefs, Ahrefs, it's A-H-R-E-F-S.com. Okay. That um, is a paid tool, but they do have free, a free YouTube keyword research tool that I use for my YouTube videos. And yeah, so those are the three main tools that I use. Oh, that's incredible. And then a friend of mine had given me two different ones. One that was like question-based. I can't remember. Oh yeah, answer the public. Answer the public, yes. Mm -hmm. And so you can type in and then that one, I feel like takes a tutorial just to understand because there's all these like concentric circles and all these. Oh, you can change the view on that. You can make it so it's a list. Ah, (laughs) Do that. Look at that. Okay, so So, I will put all of these in the show notes for people that are that are looking and I feel like people potentially don't even really I don't want to say they don't understand what we're talking about but if you are a person who does not have a website or does not have an email list or a way to communicate then I am feeling like maybe I need to work with you yes. and create something that is an intro guide or something. Maybe we should partner on something fun like that. that. Yeah. Because I think that that's one of the things that people get very overwhelmed when they think about, well, I have this idea and I'm just putting something out, which is a clarity workbook which I feel so great about. And I'm so excited about it takes you through six different parts of getting clarity that you need to sort of start your entrepreneurial journey about like, what am I good at? Who do I want to work with? How do I best work? Why do I want to do this? Some of those like very beginner questions that I hear all the time. And that was, it was originally going to be a lead magnet. And then it just kept growing and growing. And then I shared it. 
with some of my board of directors and they were all like, um, you can't give this for free. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, but I want to give it for free. So anyway, I came up with like $11, like a super nominal fee just to like, again, put it out there energetically that mm -hmm. I value what I created and I want other people to value it. Um, but I had thought of two other of my second and third parts of this series that will either be lead magnets or there'll be something else that I create that goes that grow and grow. But this sort of 10 part checklist for, um, for launching your business, you know, once you have your idea, these are all the things that you need to do. And I feel like this plays a part in it. And also an, a piece about expanding beyond social media, which also this plays a part in. So absolutely. I hope I you have some time for me in the oh, coming heck months. Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> yes. Because my audience that I have been doing all these strategies with, they are not necessarily looking to become an entrepreneur. They're just growing spiritually. So it doesn't really have a home on my, on, in my brand. So that I would love to do that. And also it's something that I would like to go back to is that you mentioned that this is really overwhelming for a lot of people and it doesn't overwhelm me. It excites me. So I hope that I can spread that excitement to other people. Cause I love the idea of like starting a new project. Like, Oh, what do I need? I want to tick all the boxes. I saw your clarity workbook. It looked, it's beautiful. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. So that is the ultimate beginner prerequisites that you go through. What it is that I do? Who do I serve? How do I serve them? And then you go, okay, now that I figured all that out, now I can do the mechanics of getting the website, buying the domain, setting all that stuff up, making it pretty. And I don't want people to be intimidated by website design. It's so, so easy. Website design is ridiculously easy. This isn't 20 years ago where you have to learn how to, how to code things. It's so simple. You don't, I mean, you invest a weekend and you got a website. Yeah, I totally agree. I've talked a few people through, I use Square, Oh, yeah, um, sure. Squarespace, which mm -hmm. I think is very user-friendly. There's a few other ones out there. And I think that's where it's this interesting thing that happens where sometimes there's just so much information out there that it can become a little bit of an overload. I think people have objections that are accurate objections and mm -hmm. they're authentic and truthful objections. And I think we need to get into the mind space where I'm going to do it anyway. You know, and I completely agree with you. There is nothing that excites me more than having these kinds of conversations, thinking about all the content, thinking about all the mechanical piece. I've spent 20 years in marketing and advertising and strategy. And so it is part of, you know, the secret sauce, the special thing that lights us up and and really gives us energy. And also knowing that so many people that want to start small businesses or side hustles or, or have this passion to have this practice, it is not in their wheelhouse and that's okay. It mm -hmm. is okay to wanna to start something and either A, decide you're gonna try to figure it out on your own 
or B, ask for help or barter or, you know, trade for services or decide, you know what, this is really important to me and I am going to spend a certain amount of money. And it doesn't have to be a lot of money Mm -hmm. in order to get the thing that I want done that I just cannot bring myself to do, or it just feels so overwhelming, but so much of it is mindset. And that once you just start and get a little bit of momentum going, I totally agree. It's not as complicated and, and full of strife and struggle as we make it out to be. That's so true. And you have to ask yourself, like, is this something for fun? Like, do I just post on Instagram just because I hope the five people that like it were uplifted that day? Or am I an entrepreneur? That is the ultimate first question you need to ask yourself. If you have no intention on making money, then none of this is relevant. But assuming if you're listening to this, you do intend on making this your livelihood. So once you shift your mindset from a personal journey that I'm just happen to be sharing to I'm making this a systematic career for myself so I can, you know, fulfill my purpose, my soul's purpose of being here. That is the biggest mindset shift, I think. And then there's other little tiny ones that kind of trickle down, down as a result. But if you don't go into it, knowing that this is a business, you're going to be messaging people on Instagram, PayPal information forever. And that is not a business that is not sustainable. But if you make that mindset shift, then you're excited to, you know, set up your email list, to set up your website, to either pay with your time and learning how to do the skills you need to do, or you're hiring it out if you have like a, like a budget to do, which you're going to need a budget anyway for various things, but it doesn't need to be big. You just need to ask yourself, like, is this a business or is this a hobby? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's the place where it is an interesting place to be. I have been in the place of, I feel so passionate about this. I just would do it for free because I just want to help people. And I just want to, I want other people to see themselves. I want other people to feel that spark, to feel that connection, to know what's possible for them, to know what, what's inside of them, to access that magic and be able to share that. And, and for me, there is nothing better than somebody else realizing that they have a purpose beyond what they have been living in. Absolutely. And I do want it to be business and I do want it to make money and (laughs) I do want it to be successful. And so putting yourself in that place to circle, you know, way back to, you know, this is great content and it, you, you owe it the service of it being seen is the same message that for those of, for those that are listening and, and always the medicine for myself, that when you understand truly and it's not bragging and it's not being boastful and it's not being conceited that you have something special to offer because everybody has something special to offer absolutely when you are able to tap into that and then feel the value that you are providing people and it's if there's nothing wrong with expecting an energetic exchange which for the most part, we find in financial mm-hmm. abundance, financial flow, that's the way that we get paid for the most part in our current system, that it is okay to ask for, expect, want to have that financial flow come to you. 
Absolutely. And this is something so many solopreneurs struggle with that they, they have such a strong association with money is dirty. Like they see the 1% or the 0.5% of the world and they think greed is bad money. Having money makes you greedy. I wrote a whole book on this topic because it's, it hurts my heart to think that people have such a bad relationship with money that they don't even value themselves enough to be willing to be paid at all, but you need the money and the universe wants you to have the money and you having money and being successful does not take away from anyone else. And a lot of people use their money to help causes that are important to them. So if it helps you think about your business as I'm earning money so I can give back to what matters to me. And I've seen people that has been like their aha moment where they were really struggling with manifesting money and, and success in their businesses with themselves. So then they shift their mindset to, I want to bring in money to me so I can use this money for what I view as valuable. So maybe that is helpful to somebody who yeah, has healing relationships with money. Um, I want to hear about the books. Tell oh, me sure. how that, how that works, how you go to market your authoring process, everything. Oh yeah. So um, I don't do just um, nonfiction. I also publish like journals and this isn't exactly with my spiritually inspired business. But I also do like puzzle books and coloring books and these sort of things. So overall, my company is a media company um, and spiritually inspired is just my main brand right now. Girl, I got big dreams. I got big intentions. So my company is a media company. Um, I so. freaking love it. Oh my God. That's like, I always message people. I'm a mogul in my own mind on some timeline. So I might as well start acting those vibes now. Yes, exactly. So the self-publishing process is so easy and that's a course in itself. And I just taught myself how to do it. Um, and it, it brings me money every month. It's, it's truly the most passive income that I've ever, that I've seen online. So the first thing that I do as always is competition assessment and keyword research to validate my idea. Once my idea is validated, then I go on to the actual creation process. And if that is an actual nonfiction book, that obviously is going to take a lot more time than just creating a journal or creating a notebook or a puzzle book or something like that. As far as actual, my writing process goes, because that's, I'm an author first. So that's actually what I'll, I'll talk about here. So I outline what it is I need to do based on certain keywords. Answer the public is a big one for this, the, that website that we mentioned um, that is validating what people need to know. I ask people, I pay attention to Facebook groups that I'm in. I pay attention to see what other people in my space are talking about to help me determine what it is that the world needs to hear. I don't want to just write out of my own butt because I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Even those sources guiding me, I don't always know everything that needs to be heard. So that's all part of the research process. And then I start writing. If I'm in the midst of writing a book, that's pretty much the only time I'll wake up in the morning at like 5 a.m. And, and write because that's the easiest time for me to get it done. But uh, my books tend to be around 30-ish thousand words, 30,000 words, which seems like a lot, but it really isn't. That's less than a 200 page book. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to ask you what yeah. they're equated to. No, that's about, about 200 pages in the way I format my books. Um, so 30,000 words, if you were to write a thousand words a day, that's a month for a first draft. It's so achievable. People like a thousand words is like my average blog post that I pump out in an hour. So I can easily write multiple thousands of words if I'm dedicating two hours every single day for a total month for a month, I can easily get my first draft done within a matter of weeks. And then I always let it rest for at least a week. I always step away from it. So when I come back for it and start editing and formatting and rewriting things and adding things in, it's, it's, I have fresh eyes 
And then comes the best part, which is actually formatting and getting it uploaded. And you don't want to upload just to Amazon. Like the more technical side of it is you want to find an aggregator of some kind. So it gets published on all the platforms. So I personally use draft to digital draft number two digital, where that publishes to all the different platforms, um, Apple, Barnes and Noble, Scribd, um, all the other ones I can't possibly mention. There's dozens of them. I also make it on my own website available on my, to sell direct from my own website because I ultimately make more money when I sell from my direct from my website than from Amazon or whatever else. And then comes the letting people know. Usually at this point, I already have um, ideas of different blog posts that I want to write and email sequences that I want to do. So for example, I'll mention my money manifesting book that I already, already talked about here. If you enter into my world, online via either a video or a podcast or a blog post about um, how to manifest money or how the law of attraction, how the law of attraction works. That is the free top of the funnel content. And then you see a little ad on my website. It's like, oh, uh, here is a, a lead magnet that's going to help you remove money blocks. Here's something, a lead magnet's going to help you with this topic that you're already, clearly already interested in because you're reading this post. And that gets you onto my email list. Now you're going through a little funnel that talks about uh, all these different things that my book can help you with. And then you end up purchasing my book. And my book is reasonably repriced. It's only $3. So it's mm -hmm. not like I'm trying to sell someone a $2,000 program. So this is a really easy way for people to make money. And it's people want to support you. People, especially the type of people that solopreneurs tend to attract, they want to be generous. They don't want to just take and run like some other industries. They want to help you and they want to support you. So if you've been helping them and you're value first and you're asking, how can I serve you? How can I help you? Here, here it is all for free. Like you mentioned with your, with your product that you just released, like I want to give it all for free and you do. And then people want to give it back to you in return. So that's kind of my book writing process where I, I mean, obviously I can make a whole course about this, <laughs> but in a nutshell, that's ultimately what I do. If anyone wants to search and learn more about that, just search low content books or medium content books, and you'll find so many helpful things online that can teach you how to do that. So, but actual book writing, actual um, authoring is a little mm -hmm. bit more in depth, but it's totally achievable. So many people have the goal of writing a book and they just do it. Me, me. I know, <laughs> just do it. 1,000 words a day is so reachable. It sounds like a lot, but most of the blog posts you read online are that. And right. you think about how long a blog post is. I mean, you can read it in a couple of minutes. So really, it's it's an easy goal to achieve. Wow. That's incredible. I, I mean, clearly you can see my mind is just like, <laughs> I can, blown. I can see the smoke. <laughs> and this, I know it's like, whoa, well, you just have this incredible way of making things that feel very, very far in the distance, like actually seem very tangible and very doable. And oh, so you. that is like super inspirational. Just to give you some context, um, I usually give myself about a quarter, about three months to write a book. If I'm doing a, a high content book where I'm actually, you know, pumping out 30 to 40,000 words, I give myself three months to get it all done. And that includes all of my marketing material, all my blog posts, all my podcasts, all my lead magnets. That's three months. And I usually am blowing past that goal. Like you, I could realistically do that four times a year. Some people write a lot faster. Um, it depends on what your personal goals are. Like my goals beyond just making sales. Like if I wanted to just make sales, I would just put it up on all the publishing websites and then just move on to the next one. But I want to bring people into my ecosystem. I want to bring people in and I want to make genuine connections. So I, if I don't have my blog posts and my email funnels and my podcast episodes about it, I'm 
you're not doing the content marketing part that's so important and I'm missing out on those connections I want to know my readers I don't just want to see numbers on the screen I want to know oh Lauren bought my book and she loved it because she directly went out of her way to tell me that she loved it and that's fulfilling for my soul yeah oh I totally I totally get that so what is your ideal client what is your mission and who you want to serve and why I state my mission at the beginning of every podcast episode. <laughs> it is uh, to inspire modern mystics and the spiritually curious to discover and embrace their own divine truth in their everyday life. And I do that through teaching meditation, teaching crystal healing, and talking about ascension. I feel like the word ascension kind of encompasses all the other topics that I talk about, mm. but I also do this through tarot reading. I have all my books. I would like to get into one-on-one -on -one sessions in the new year, that is my mission. That's who I serve is modern mystics who are already on the path or people that are spiritually curious. I, I tend to attract people who are like, oh, I'm interested in crystals, but I, like, they literally don't know anything about them. They're like, so what is this? What is the stone here? And they're like very basic beginners. I tend to attract those sort of people. So that is my ideal person that I talk to. I love it. Yeah. You, it's so funny. It's like, you know, when you read something and then you flag it with the little fun, colorful post yes. or you <laughs> highlight it. I feel like there's so many sections that I want to do this to in this podcast because, you know, you're just very clear. You're very concise. You're very inspirational in so many ways. And I'm so grateful that you are here and sharing and giving of yourself so authentically and, and so you. genuinely so that people, it's just, I feel like you're going to be an incredible expander for so many people in both their personal journeys and also in the soulpreneur space that, that it's going to be really, really Thank epically you. changing for people. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for saying that. It, it, that means a lot. The conciseness, that's a goal I've always had. Like I've always wanted my writing to be profound and concise because mm. I, I believe a lot of things in, this is more of a spiritual thing, not necessarily a business thing, but I believe most things in the world are a lot simpler than we make them out to be. Like meditation is the perfect example. Like meditation is just being I don't right. think you can get more simple than that, but it, we tend to overcomplicate it. Tell everybody where they can find you and yes. get all of their <laughs> spiritual inspiration. Yeah. So I'm glad you phrased it that way because my website is spirituallyinspired.co. Um, if you go there, that's my hub. You can find me everywhere, but you can find spiritually inspired on your favorite podcast app. You can find spiritually inspired on YouTube. If you want my Instagram handle at spirit underscore inspo. So yeah, spirituallyinspired.co will get you into my world and you can see my face on there and get all the fun things that I talk about. <laughs> Incredible. I will link to all the things. So thank you so much for being yes. here. Thank you for having me, Lauren. I, it's been a great opportunity and I love talking about this sort of thing. So anytime. <laughs> thank you all so much for listening to the Open to Alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, at open.to.alchemy. That's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.